0: welcome back to everything nhl the hockey segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'm your host nathan and we're here with our hockey expert james kumar
1: hey what's up man
0: what's up so this week we're gonna go over wednesdays and thursdays games I'll do a little bit of a recap of the round two playoffs, and then give a little bit of an overview of round three, and then we'll preview Sunday and Monday's games. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Let's just hop right into it.
0: All right. So I guess we can start with uh, Thursday's games. Uh, let's take a look at what happened. I mean, on let's, Thursday. let's jump to
1: we- let's jump to Wednesday first because I think. Oh yeah, Wednesday. Game- yeah, there was also a game Wednesday. Yeah, let's do Wednesday.
0: True. Um, So I think on Wednesday, there was Boston versus the New York Islanders. Um, This was dominant, to say the least. Um, I think the Islanders had six and the Bruins had two. And what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, let's just go through some of the scores here. We had Travis Sajak in the first period for the Islanders. Brad Marchand scored on the power play for Boston to tie it up. Uh, Then we had Brock Nelson getting two goals straight in the second period to make it a 3-1 lead for the Islanders. And then Kyle Palmieri scores to make it 4-1 for the Islanders. Then heading into the third period, Marchand scores on the power play again. Uh, it becomes 4-2 for the Islanders. Um, and then Cal Clutterbuck and Ryan Pollock both score. I believe at least one of those was empty netters. If not both, I think both of them might've been empty netters. So... Um, I'd say without the empty netters, this game was four-two. So it, it's a bit—it was a bit closer than the score looked. But yeah, Islanders win the series in six. Um, yeah, I mean Boston—they were just dealing, you know, with injuries. Brandon Carlo, Tuka Rask. I mean, you have some of your top guys injured. It's really tough to come out of uh, the series with a win. So um, yeah, good on the Islanders, and I guess they were the better team in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think that New York, as good as they were, they were kind of the underdogs going into this series. Same kind of with last series. I mean, I don't think anybody, well, some people expected it, but not a lot of people, I would think, expected uh, New York to beat the Penguins, especially as uh, dominant, as in a dominant fashion as they did. And then they beat Boston in six games, which is really impressive.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not undermining the New York Islanders, but they did take advantage of two teams with goaltending issues. I know Tristan Jari was having his struggles for Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And then, of course, Tuka Rask with his uh, injuries. Apparently, he's having surgery now. So the injury was that bad that he was playing through. So, um, I mean, obviously, teams can't make excuses, but the Islanders, they were given these opportunities and they took advantage of them.
0: Well, I guess that's uh, what happens. Like sometimes... You're in a situation, you just got to do the best with what you got.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Islanders are in uh, the semifinals because they did—they definitely took advantage.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to their opponent. Um, June 10th, the Golden Knights, again, another dominant game. They beat the Avalanche 6-3. Um, I don't think a lot of people were expecting this. Um, I think Devon Toes got one goal for Colorado in the first. And then Nick Holden and William Carlson both got goals for Vegas. And then in the second period, um, Miko Rantanen got a goal and Andre Borokovsky got a goal for Colorado. And Keegan Colstar and Alex Pietrangelo um, got a goal, got, both got goals for the Golden Knights. And then in the third period, William Currier and Max Pacioretty both got goals for Vegas. Um, normally, it's the Avs burying people, but what do you think about this?
1: All right, I'll just start by saying let's pump the brakes here on Islanders versus Vegas. They got to get past their respective teams in the next round first. Um, I know that they have looked good, but we can't sleep on Tampa and Montreal either, so definitely uh, definitely we should pump the brakes on that. But yeah, the Golden Knights, uh, ever since uh, Game 2, um, they just... Played like a better team. I mean, game one was a blowout for the Avalanche, and we thought, uh, you know, the series is probably over, but I think Vegas was just overly tired. They didn't play their starter, Marc-Andre Fleury. Robin Lehner just didn't look good. Um, They put Fleury in there in game two. Obviously, they lost a nail-biter in overtime, but they just came right back game three, game four, game five, and game six, four straight wins for the Golden Knights. They just asserted their dominance the rest of the series, so good on them, and they now move into the third round uh, to play Montreal.
0: Yeah, this is really impressive because um, for the most part, Colorado's um, offense has just been so hard to beat for so many teams. It's like you do whatever you can to try to slow them down and you can't, but Vegas just found a way to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vegas was just so solid in the series. Um, they just seem to be the deeper team at the end of the day, even though Colorado might have had like the higher end, top end, like scoring, like elite level scoring. Um, I feel like Vegas' scoring was just spread throughout most of their lineup. Like, I mean, guys like Alex Tucker playing on the third line. This guy just scored a number of goals uh, in this series. So uh, you even got guys like Kolasar um, and William Carrier. These guys play on, like, the third and fourth line, and they're chipping in goals as well. So, I mean, they're getting scoring from everywhere. Um, uh, the Avalanche just couldn't keep up with that.
0: Yeah, I guess having a deeper bench is kind of what let Vegas hang in there, especially to – Come back from being down two zero against uh, the Avs, especially. I guess, um, I guess considering that uh, the Colorado plays at a pretty high pace, so um, being able to survive that, um, and then that kind of gives you the opportunity to try to outlast them.
1: Yeah, they definitely slowed the game down because they wanted to play. They want to assert their game over Colorado like you mentioned Colorado plays at that high pace so to beat them you have to slow the game down and make them play your style and that's exactly what Vegas did and it really worked out for them
0: yeah for sure and congratulations to Vegas for going on to the next round and I guess we can talk about I guess a recap of round two um I guess what are your general thoughts on round two
1: Yeah, we'll start with this series we were just talking about uh, the Colorado Avalanche versus the Vegas Golden Knights. I know coming into the series, I had Colorado winning in six. I mean, I got the games right, but it it was the opposite team that ended up winning. Um, But I don't know if you follow us on instagram or twitter but we definitely were pushing for vegas as soon as we saw the switch in the series as soon as we saw that vegas was just so dominant i believe we only picked colorado for game one in that series but we pushed for a vegas win the the next five straight games and vegas came out on top four of them so the moment that we saw the switch in the series um we just knew that this was vegas's series to win and they just came out on top
0: yeah, for sure. And I guess moving on to uh, Montreal versus the Winnipeg Jets, um, what are your thoughts on Montreal's sweep?
1: Yeah, this is one of the most unexpected things. I mean, um, just like the Maple Leaf series, uh, uh, events from game one just impacted the entire series. Obviously, the John Tavares hit in the first round and then the Mark Shifley suspension in the second round. Um, A couple of these events, they just shifted both series in Montreal's favor. And like we mentioned, if you're a team, you got to take advantage of that. And Montreal just did. They got the sweep. I know the Jets had swept the Oilers the previous round before that, but now they got swept. And I mean, every single game, Montreal looked like the best team. I think early on we thought, okay, maybe we want to pick my climb back into this. But once it got to game four, uh, I guess we just felt that this was pretty much Montreal all the way.
0: I guess what do you think about a uh, Montreal style of play in general because they've been able to hang with teams that are on paper better than they are
1: Yeah I mean they're just uh, slowing the game down and I mean if they get the first goal a lot of times you don't even have confidence that the other team's going to even get one like Montreal could easily be winning games one nothing with the way that they play because pretty much when they score a goal, they seem to drain the life out of the other team. The other team is just trying so hard and they're just not getting shots through, whether that's a defense, whether that's Carey Price, whatever it might be. Um, they just seem to be draining the life out of other teams. Um, it might not be the most exciting hockey to watch, obviously, but um, whatever they're doing, it just seems to be working and other teams just really can't uh, do anything if, if they let Montreal get on the board first.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like they're They're not dictating the pace by pushing it, but they are kind of like dictating the pace in a way.
1: Yeah, they're pretty much just um, taking advantage of teams. I guess a lot of shorthanded goals happen, fast break goals. I guess you can compare them to the Islanders in a sense. They kind of score the same way. They don't always outshoot teams. I know Montreal... They have been out shooting teams as of late, but especially in the, the Toronto series, Toronto would outshoot shoot them most of the games, but they would still find a way to win because they would just capitalize on breaks. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on uh, for Montreal in the next round.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the opponent of the Canadians um, if they beat Vegas. Actually, we can just go on to Maybe we already talked about that. So, yeah, yeah, we just covered
1: Vegas this series. So, we'll go to the Islanders and Boston. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, This series, um, it really looked like Boston uh, was going to take it. They were up like 2 1. And then I don't know what happened, whether it was Rask's injury, Brandon Carlo, even the secondary scoring drying up. Like, I don't know what it was, but something just happened. And Boston just didn't look the same. The Islanders just took three games straight after that. I really can't explain it. I had Boston in six. I mean, I got the games right, but uh, the Islanders just really flipped a switch there in game four. And um, I guess Boston just couldn't match their intensity. Um, I guess, yeah, we talked about some of the injuries could have impacted that. I don't know. Yeah. And Boston scoring just dried up the depth scoring we saw in round one just wasn't there for Boston in round two.
0: Yeah. I guess that's kind of um Not that they don't have depth, but it could have been kind of they lost, I guess, players that kind of had a lot of chemistry and losing chemistry is almost as important, if not as important, as having depth in general, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Boston, their first line, like just take a look. We just talked about game six. Both goals came from Brad Marchand. So it's like your top line scoring both goals. Uh, They were just having trouble getting secondary scoring just overall. So, I mean... Um, when your guys are not scoring then you're just giving the other team a chance I mean even the Islanders third and fourth lines were putting the puck in the neck Guys a like Kyle Palmieri Travis Ajak uh, JG Paggio um, Cal Clutterbuck and these guys I mean did, I think Sazikis even had one of the overtime winners in this series so I mean those are like third and fourth line guys that are getting goals for you and Boston just wasn't getting that from their offense
0: yeah I mean it's pretty surprising because Penguins also have a pretty good offense but uh, New York was able to come on top of that team as well. So um, I guess uh, you talked about um, New York style of play a little bit when talking about the Canadians, but I guess, can you kind of further expand on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, like they'll just get up in the score or they'll they'll be tied and they'll be like outplayed the whole game it's like boston will have like 40 shots they'll have like 25 and the score will be 2-2 and then they really discourage the other team the way that they just limit their chances to like outside shots i mean they allow a lot of shots but i don't think the quality of chances is as high so um yeah and then they just somehow find a way to break through and get that winning goal and then they just somehow shut down the game so might not be the most exciting style of play the way that they play like a shutdown style but I mean it has been working and um it's going to be tough for them to do it against Tampa Bay in the next round
0: yeah for sure and I guess we can go on to the next round I guess we can talk about um Tampa Bay versus the Islanders if I'm not mistaken yeah, let, um, me just,
1: let me just um, – I want to talk about Tampa Bay series first um, from last round because um, I don't think we covered it in last week's podcast. I think there was still a couple games left. Yeah. So, um. yeah, Tampa Bay did beat the Hurricanes 4-1. Um. Yeah, Tampa Bay just looked great the whole series. They went up 2-0. Uh, then Carolina won game three in Tampa Bay, but then Tampa Bay just took the next two straight. This was probably the most dominant series aside from Montreal's in this last round. Um, Yeah, I had Tampa Bay in seven. I believe you also had Tampa Bay in seven from what I remember. Um, We both saw Tampa Bay winning, but we didn't see them really just manhandling Carolina like they did. They were just able to score. Sometimes they didn't even have more shots. They had less shots, but they still got the better chances and they still scored the goals. So I'm really not concerned with this team. Um, but yeah, Tampa, they just look so strong.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess now we can kind of move on to round three. Um, I guess we might as well start with Tampa Bay. Um, what are your thoughts of, I guess, Tampa Bay versus uh, New York?
1: Yeah, uh, this bracket is confusing to me, but yeah, Tampa Bay and New York are on the same side here. Uh, yeah, there's a line connecting the two. And yeah, um, just looking at this series, um, yeah, Tampa Bay is—they're just very strong. I—I I know people are gonna say, "Oh, everyone's counted out the Islanders every series." Well, oh, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Boston. Okay, but they didn't play high-level goaltending. They played Tristan Jari, who couldn't even catch the puck to save his life, and then they played Tuka Rask, who's gonna have to have surgery after the season, and he's gonna be out till January because of the surgery. So, I mean they got like i don't want to say lucky they got blessed they got fortunate whatever word you want to use there the islanders just capitalized on whatever that was and they just got past two teams that probably could have beaten them if they had gotten solid goaltending i'm i'm not saying it would have they would have beaten the islanders 100% but they definitely would have had a better shot in each of those series uh, considering the level that pittsburgh and boston had played the rest of the season um, but yeah Um, as long as Tampa Bay's goaltending is healthy, Andre Vasilevsky is like a top three goaltender in the league. I'd say the other three goaltenders uh, aside from the Islanders, whether it's Mark Andre Fleury, Carey Price, or Andre Vasilevsky, those are like three of the top five goalies in the league. So it's clear that you need solid goaltending and the Islanders have just been bouncing back and forth between goalies, you know, riding the hot hand. I mean, it, it works for a while, but I'm just wondering when that's, that, um, is going to run out, you know, you can't just bounce back and forth with goalies forever. I mean, someone's either got to emerge. um, They got to play at a a top level, um, whether it's Varlamov, Sorokin. And I mean, I just see Tampa Bay on paper, up and down the whole roster is just being overall just better than the Islanders. Uh, So I am going to take Tampa Bay. I'm going to take them in five games. People are saying, oh, you're not giving the Islanders enough credit. I think based on the way Montreal's played, I think the Islanders are the fourth best team right now, alive. I think that, you know, Montreal has been a bit more dominant than the Islanders have. So I think Tampa Bay, you could argue them as the best team left because they are the defending champions. So I think five games give the Islanders the benefit of the doubt for one game at home. I mean, this is the last year they're playing in the Coliseum. So, you know, give them a win there. But I think Tampa Bay should be dominant again in this series because they were dominant against top teams like Florida and Carolina. I don't see anything changing here. Um, I'm not sure what your prediction is, but I'm going Tampa in five.
0: I guess I would go um, Tampa in six mainly just because um, you did talk about, um, I guess, the lack of good goaltending in the other teams. But I guess I'm just thinking if – New York finds a way to somehow slow down the game enough for uh Tampa Bay kind of limit um, their shots just enough that they can kind of squeak out ahead. They might be able to get two games like that. But um, Tampa Bay is just such a battle-tested team at this point. They're already the defending champions. They beat Florida. They beat Carolina. Those are both really consistent teams. And it's they definitely have um, a mountain to climb in New York, if they plan, if they pan plan to beat the Tampa Bay lightning. So they can definitely take a couple of games off of them. Not sure if they can take the series. So yeah, Tampa in six.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, they definitely have the coaching advantage with Barry Trotz. I definitely think he's a really good coach, Um, but I mean, um, he's dragged this Islanders team this far. I don't know how many adjustments he'll have to do to beat Tampa. Sometimes coaching adjustments aren't even enough to, beat a high-powered team. Like Tampa Bay, they're pretty much the same roster as last year. Maybe a couple depth pieces are gone, but pretty much all of their top-end players are, are there. Plus, you add Steven Stamkos, their captain, who was injured for all but one game in their run last year to the Cup. So, I mean, they won the Stanley Cup without their captain last year. So, he's played every single game this playoffs. And, I mean, I think he had, like, two goals in game four. Uh, I mean, this guy, he's just playing at an unreal pace. Um, yeah, he's just – their power play has been unstoppable. They're clicking at almost 50%. That's, like, unheard of. Most power plays are on 20 to 25%. The power play for the playoffs is clicking at 50% almost. The Islanders' penalty kill has not been solid because Boston did bury two power play goals on them in Game 6. So if the Islanders take penalties for any reason, I think Tampa can just bury them right there – uh, on the power play
0: yeah it sounds like um I guess Tampa Bay is probably going to be looking for that power play just to um get this series done as quickly as possible
1: yeah if you're the New York Islanders you can't even uh, I mean it's obviously penalties are going to be taken but you got to do your best not to take any penalties because that's going to be the end of this Islanders team this year if they take penalties
0: yeah I guess that kind of like throws a wrench a little bit in kind of New York's um plan- game plans I kind of slow the game down cuz you uh need some pretty physical defense in order to do that and usually that involves taking a couple of penalties.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe go to the book with Carolina. I mean, Jacob Slavin's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league and he's probably one of the cleanest players. I think he only had uh, one minor penalty the whole season. So I mean, he's just great at his craft. He can play the defensive style without taking penalties. Not many defensemen can do that. So, yeah, you're right. It is going to be very tough for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess we can move on to the other side of the bracket. Um, I'm guessing that is Vegas versus the Montreal Canadiens
1: yeah um just looking at this series um I think um, odds makers and bookies and everyone that are making lines for this series they're heavily favoring Vegas I think they're at like minus 550 as we speak that's just insane uh they're not giving Montreal any credit by the looks of it I mean yeah we know Vegas is deep but I mean um did we see what Montreal did to both Toronto and Winnipeg I mean they beat two pretty high-powered teams. And I think that if Toronto was in that spot where Montreal is, I don't think the odds would be that crazy. I think that the the bookies would definitely give Toronto a bit more love. So I don't think that we can sleep on Montreal as much as uh, most people are. I think um, just by looking at it, I know there's two excellent goalies on both sides, Carey Price, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Obviously Marc-Andre Fleury is French-Canadian, so he has connections to Montreal and the... Uh, province of Quebec Uh, you got Max Pacioretty former captain of the Montreal Canadiens on Vegas now and obviously Nick Suzuki Montreal center is a former draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights so there is some connections between the two teams definitely a a rivalry will be developed in this series Um, honestly the series is going to come down to who can score because excellent defenses on both sides you got Alex Petrangelo Shea Theodore and others on Vegas's side and you got like Shea Weber I mean Jeff Petrie if he plays. I mean you got other guys on their side as well. So I mean their def- both defenses have been playing well. It's going to come down to scoring. Who's going to be able to put the puck in the net? And uh, as of right now, I'm leaning towards Vegas. It's not Vegas by a landslide like everyone's saying. I know most people are saying four games. Might give Montreal a couple games. I might say Vegas in six. Vegas they've just been good at winning in like six or seven. So. I might give it uh, to Vegas in six. Could it be a sweep? Yeah, it could be if Montreal can't get on their feet in this series. But um, could Montreal upset? I mean, it's a possibility. I don't want to rule it out. We've been ruling it out every time we make predictions. I don't want to rule it out, but um, I just can't put 100% confidence into Montreal uh, because Vegas, they've been to the final for three out of their first four seasons. They came into the league in 2017. This is their fourth season. They've been in the final for three out of those four years. So, I mean, this team is just as, as solid as it gets. So, um, And if they do win this series, it'll be their second uh, Stanley Cup final in their history. So definitely something they'll be looking for. So, yeah, my prediction is Vegas and six, but I'll, I'll get to yours.
0: Yeah, I'm also thinking about um, Vegas and six as well. I mean, Vegas is like the most successful young team in the NHL. Ever pretty much. I don't think I've ever heard of an expansion team in any sport winning a Stanley Cup in their first
1: four years. Yeah, that's definitely possible if they win this year. Yeah.
0: That's actually kind of crazy to think about. And I mean they the the GM, like you you gotta give the GM a lot of credit. He helped um build an amazing team and they they're solid all around. They have no real weaknesses. So for Montreal, it's going to be like, how do you kind of offset their strengths enough? Try to How do you play to your strengths the best? That's going to be really hard to do against Vegas. I think uh, kind of like similar to like New York, they might be able to get a couple of wins. Um, Carey Price, he's playing on an, on another level. Seems like whatever shot that you take, he just finds a way to stop it. Um, he's just somehow able to to read the offense and figure out um, where they're going to shoot it, how, you're, how he's going to block it, how he's going to catch it. And the Montreal defense in general, they've been able to stop um, Toronto. They've been able to stop Winnipeg. There's a chance that they might be able to slow down um, Vegas enough for two wins, but... Again, for like the entire series, it's going to be hard to say whether they can do that. If they manage to do that, that would be amazing. But I'm still thinking Vegas and Six as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've definitely uh, faced tough goalies in both Jack Campbell and Connor Hellebuck. But um, the only difference is Marc Andre Fleury is a great goalie. But then Vegas also has that like top tier defense. I mean, Alex Petrangelo. Um, He captained St. Louis to a cup two years ago as their anchor defenseman. Uh, You got Shea theater. Who's like, he was like a top five scoring defenseman in the league this year. Alec Martinez has won two Stanley cups with the LA Kings. I mean, their defense is just so solid. Um, Whether it's guys like McNabb, um, whether it's um, you know, anyone white cloud or whoever else they have in there. I mean, their defense has been solid. Hold in. I mean, I can just go down their list. Their, their defense has been solid. It's going to be the toughest defense Montreal has faced. So, um, yeah, for them to generate scoring chances, they've been able to win low-scoring games, but um, Vegas is really going to try and use their speed in this series to get the win. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely like Vegas in six. I think Montreal definitely has a better chance of winning their series than the Islanders do just because I feel like Tampa Bay is a little bit more Uh, higher power than Vegas in terms of offense and then I think that Montreal's a little bit better uh, of a defensive team because of having Carey Price compared to the New York Islanders so um, yeah that's why I'm going Tampa in five and then I'm going Vegas in six so yeah those are my two predictions for round three
0: yeah that sounds good I was actually um, wondering on um, what do you think about I guess Montreal's kind of physical style of play i guess in the playoffs they've been a little bit more um, physical both with toronto and with um winnipeg um if they decide to go physical with vegas how do you think vegas can stand that
1: okay so here's the thing about that i know toronto definitely had some physical guys whether it was wayne simmons and others but they just couldn't really bring it to Montreal because their whole team didn't play physical. The Jets, they're a little bit more of a physical team. you got guys like Logan Stanley. Um, you got you know many other players on that team that can play uh, a tough game. But uh, they might have been a little bit more physical than Toronto, but they definitely couldn't bring it to Montreal. A team like Vegas with guys like Ryan Reeves, William Carrier, um, Cole Asar. I mean, you can just go down the list. Even their defenseman Petrangelo is a huge body in there. Um, they can really bring the physical game uh to you um and they're like vegas can pretty much win any way that you want to play so colorado wanted to play up tempo and vegas just beat them at an up tempo game they just outscored colorado um minnesota wanted to slow the game down vegas they went to how many overtimes with minnesota and they still came out on top so vegas can pretty much play any way that you want to play it's going to be very tough to beat them um I I like Montreal's physical style, obviously, because um, they have been winning games with it. Obviously, um, I like watching high-skilled, high-scoring games. Um, But in terms of a physical style that works, it's clear that Montreal's has been working. So uh, they play a good physical style, but Vegas can pretty much match them on every turn. So it's going to be really tough.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how, I guess, Montreal adapts to... A team with virtually no weaknesses on paper.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very tough. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, you know, maybe taking one or two games, but I think it's just really tough overall.
0: Yeah, I guess you can call Vegas like the hockey version of the Brooklyn Nets at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, them or Tampa Bay, like both of these teams are so solid. Um, maybe you could call like Vegas, like the Utah jazz because of like how fluid they are. And then maybe call Tampa, the Brooklyn nets because of like all the star power they have Uh, like, those are maybe two comparisons I might give.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. And I guess now we can, um, I guess, look at some previews, I guess we can start with the, uh, Saturday games. So I guess we'll take a look at that. I think Um, it
1: was originally scheduled for Saturday, but they moved it to Sunday. Yeah, they did. Uh, Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's the New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Yeah, um, just looking at the lines, man, they're really juicing Tampa right now. Minus 200 for Tampa Bay. Some books even have them at minus 220. The Islanders around plus 170 at most books. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's just really tough. I think that Tampa does come out of this game. Um, if you like the Islanders, you can sprinkle on them. But I, I just, I mean, Tampa's at home. Tampa has been so good at home. Almost every series. They haven't lost many games at home. They've closed out series, um, you know, at home. And it's just, yeah, Tampa's just been so strong. I, I definitely like them uh, for game one.
0: Yeah, it, kind, it basically comes down to what you said about power play, even like the projections are saying, like Tampa Bay has a serious advantage in power play. So most likely it uh, their win's going to involve power play at some point.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just uh, really hard to, you know, um, see the Islanders just stopping their power play, considering the Islanders' penalty kill hasn't really been uh, as top-notch, you know, uh, this playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I guess we can move on to uh, Montreal versus versus um, Vegas. Um, I guess this is kind of um, the opposite a little bit. Um, Montreal seems to be really good at penalty kill, and, but Vegas is better at pretty much everything else. So I guess what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, looking at the lines, Vegas for game one, minus 280, Montreal plus 230, Um, honestly, um, they're juicing Vegas because they are playing in Vegas at T-Mobile arena. They call it the fortress pretty much teams have so much trouble winning there. Colorado lost all three games in the fortress in their series. So, um, yeah, I can't see a way where Vegas doesn't win this game. I mean, if you believe in Montreal, you can obviously sprinkle on them. Their odds are better than the Islanders. And I think they definitely have a better chance of winning compared to the Islanders. So definitely it's worth a sprinkle. But at the end of the day, I just still see Vegas taking game one. Ultimately, they're just the better team and they're at home. So it's pretty much it.
0: I guess the Fortress is really living up to its name. You can't break it.
1: <laughs> you can't even leave with
0: a win at this point. You,
1: you go in to play the game and they don't let you leave with a win.
0: They put you in the penalty box.
1: <laughs> That's it, man. They just, you just get dominated there. You get out jousted there in in the fortress. So yeah, the Golden Knights uh, stadium is really living up to its name.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess that, that about wraps it up for everything NHL this week. Um, if you enjoyed listening to our podcast, um, you can check us out on Spotify. We're also on Apple Music, and we're on Google Podcasts, so definitely give us a follow there. Um, If you liked our picks so far, um, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. You can see our picks, not just for hockey, but for multiple sports as well. And um, you can also um, give us a subscription and um, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube if you prefer watching videos instead. i guess give us your thoughts on this episode um let us know uh, what your prediction what your predictions for are for round three as well and um we'll probably be going over um round three next week so um definitely uh, be on the lookout for that all right sounds good